Hey everybody, before we get into the episode today, I just needed to make a little bit of a special introduction to this episode. Unfortunately, while we were recording this episode, the was some there was some kind of error and the clean audio through the microphones wasn't saved. It looked like it was the whole time. I don't know what happened. It was just some random fluke thing. So, but because of what we the topic of what we were talking about today, which is our review of Stardew Valley, Mogan and I talked about it and delivered it, and we decided that this was going to be better to just go ahead and release what we had recorded. We hadn't talked at all about our experience with Stardew Valley, so a lot of our reactions to what the other had to say were genuine reactions. And so because of that, we felt like we couldn't really, would we wouldn't be able to recreate what we had recorded if we re-recorded the episode. So unfortunately, the, ep- the audio for this episode is not our normal quality. And I apologize for that. It is not how I want to do things normally, but and fortunately, in this week, there was no getting around it. So just wanted to go ahead and let everyone know what was going on up front before we got into the episode. I'm doing my best to edit it up and make it sound as best as I can, but just wanted to let you all know. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jerry Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you as well. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We're back after, well, it's, it's always weird. Like, I was realizing when I was editing last week and we talked about, like, how the episode started. Like, oh, we're about to travel for Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving already come and gone. But, like, here we are after Thanksgiving about to record, but now, like, two weeks after Thanksgiving. So, it's whatever. It's just our schedule. We just planned it accurately as we well. We did. We did. We're just so on the nose to bring you all the update details of gaming because that's what we talk about here on Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and you can listen to those on podcast services around the world wide web as well as watch a video version on YouTube and Twitch. You want to find us on the social media? Well, we're there. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can... Join our Discord server if you're really loving what we're creating for you each and every week and you're like, man, I love those too. I'd really love to throw some money and help make this show better and Just bigger. those two specifically? Just no, those. No ghostly no. third guy that was over there. No, just the two. Just the two of us. <laughs> you and I. You and me. And so... You can do that by going to patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast for us for as little as a dollar a month you can support the show and in return we will give you cool perks like our undying love and affection and access to the to each episode early before its general Tuesday release and you also get a special invitation to our patron-only channel on our Discord server, The Rogues Gallery. So, check that out if you please and thank you to all of our current patrons who help make each and every episode possible. Before we jump into our main topic... Let's get some news in our moment with Mogan. All right, we do finally have a little bit of news here at the very end of the year. So we've mentioned before that November and December have both been pretty light on the games. Mm-hmm. All of the big releases came out August, September, October. Yep. But now here in the final stretch, we have Just Cause 4 on PS4, Xbox One, and PC December 4th. We also have Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight. They're going backwards. For P- I know, right? <laughs> Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight for PS4 and the Vita on December. She lives. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get it for the Vita. Um, 
needed here. That oh, is so fun. no, I have uh, That is also on December 4th, and the one that people are actually probably going to play, Persona 5, Dancing in Starlight. That's also for the PS4 and the Vita December 4th as well. So question, does that Persona 5 roll into your completion of Persona 5 that you have to do by Chris? Completely so. <laughs> this is a different game. This is a right, rhythm right. and dancing game. Okay, okay. Totally so. I'll allow it. And then, of course, the one game that people have been waiting for for a so very long, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, oh, so comes out exclusively for the Switch December 7th. I'm that so is a Friday. So, get ready, people. It's a coming. I'm going to Falcon Punch people all over the place. I'm going to Falcon Kick. <laughs> and play. I'm really excited. Who I'm most excited to play about is King Karul from Donkey Kong. It's, it's King K. Rool. I don't know. I actually don't know how people say it. I'm just making crap. Anyway. In other news, outside of video game releases and coming soon, we do have a bit of I guess you would call it like the hot gossip in the video Some game hot community. hot discourse, hot takes. Yeah, hot takes, I guess. Uh, it is by now a little bit, um, I wouldn't say old, but it definitely came out a couple of weeks ago by now. Fallout 76 has released to phenomenally bad reception in every sense of the word. I mean, the reviews are in, and they are atrocious. And not only are the reviews atrocious, like I'm actually looking right, right now, I'm pulling it up on Metacritic, uh, the, like, their aggregate re reviews oh, that they have. Um, because, yeah, I've, I've seen, like, a lot of fives, some fours, sixes, and different stuff like that. And so it's, like, 54 meta oh, Metacritic score. Out of 100, am I right? Yeah, out of 100. Oh, God. Uh, that's bad. User, that's bad. Sc user score is 2.8, I'm assuming, out of 10. Oh my god, that's brutal. That's pretty That's pretty bad. Um, obviously, like the, all the big news has been that it's been very buggy. It's been uh, just light. People ha It has not been at all what people were expecting it to be. I remember seeing that very quickly, after, like a few days after the game launched, that, three, that players detonated three nukes at the same time in the game, and it crashed the servers. So that's been going on for him. Huh. But then not only has all this in-game stuff been going on, which Bethesda is now pushing, actually probably by the time this episode's out, an update has been pushed, which will fix a lot of in-game problems. But right now what Bethesda is dealing with is they're dealing with a lot of PR fiasco as a result of this. They have not handled the negative reaction to the release very well. And this is compounded by, I think it was one of their collectibles, correct? The, uh, the collector's edition, like the, the power armor edition of Fallout 76, which gave you the power armor helmet, you know, obviously some other cool collectibles. But the big one that stands out is that it was supposed to, the power armor helmet was supposed to come in a really cool looking canvas bag. Well, uh, some users started posting on Reddit, Twitter, and all the other places that when they got it, it was actually a nylon bag. That actually kind of looked like a trash bag. Every so not fashionista in the world knows that nylon is literally trash. Mm -hmm. You can't make anything out of nylon and have it feel or look good. Yeah. And so the Reddit user who posted it, they put, they put up the deal that had Bethesda's response where Bethesda basically said, uh, we, we in the manufacturing process, we determined that canvas bags are going to be too expensive. Sorry about you. But then they now come back out and start giving some people some in-game credit to make up for it, in air quotes, that equates to about $5. Bethesda. Unacceptable. What is you doing? Yeah, for real. What is you doing, baby? Because that is just not cool. Un aside from all this, the big thing is that this is very outside the norm for Bethesda. 
I mean, I don't play a ton of Bethesda games. Really, one of my primary exposures to Bethesda is the Dishonored series, which oh. I love very much. And it, it's really kind of the game that made me like Bethesda in the first place. Uh, aside from that, I don't have a lot of direct experience with their games. Right. But I like Bethesda. And to see this happening is like, come on, well, guys. And too, because after, like I'm, like I've said before, I'm not the biggest Fallout fan. Fallout 76 actually had my interest. When Todd Howard talked about it at E3, it sounded like it was going to be awesome. And I was getting pretty jazzed about it, where I was thinking pretty seriously about pre-ordering it. Now, no. Definitely, I mean, like, no, no way. And, no, no, no. And also, I'm like, Todd. What is you doing? You know? well, because it's just so like, this is the guy that's known for that, right? He keeps coming out and saying all of these uh, outlandish things about how the game is going to be amazing on release, and then it winds up not being right. right, right it's right. like a meme at this point that Todd Howard always lies. I think it was our buddy uh, Brandon who said who compared Todd Howard as like the new Peter Molyneux, <laughs> and so that's uh, and that's pretty accurate. But yeah, so it's been interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this continues to develop and how, what steps Bethesda will take because I feel like at this point it's getting. It's not like EA Battlefront Two fiasco level. It's not near that, but still, it's just outside the norm for Bethesda's both Bethesda's quality and their customer service. And I do think that one of the primary complaints, at least from gamers, is that one of the hooks of Fallout 76 was, of course, the size of the game, mm -hmm. the size of the world that you could run around in, and the size of the ability to have this open world experience. And what I think a lot of gamers have actually said is it feels empty. Yeah, because there's no NPCs. It's too much space and nothing to do in it, which is worse. Right. That is the worst alternative, as opposed to having a more condensed game with fewer space to explore and having it actually be filled with things that are interesting. Yeah. One of those is the worst option. It's more space that is empty. As we know from... I don't know, I'm like... No Man's Sky! Oh, yeah! Man. <laughs> oh, how dare you! I'm sorry! <laughs> Anyways! But it's interesting, too, because that's just a... Yeah, that's an interesting thing, and I will say that I did see today an article came out that, you know, because Assassin's Creed's new first DL batch... Of, Assassin's Creed Odyssey's first batch DLC is about to come oh, out. Oh, boy! And... It's a, taking an interesting turn in that, it, in sidestepping a recent trend, whereas like the Frozen Wild, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, Frozen Wilds, even uh, Curse of the Pharaohs and the Hidden Ones from the from Assassin's Creed Origins, this DLC will take place in the current map, so it's not going to add new territories for you to explore. Oh, okay. So it's not ex further expanding an already massively expansive world world for you to roam in, it's keeping it more contained. And I'm interested... I think that's a fun idea. I think it is too. Because obviously, I love a big, huge map, and I love a lot of fun being able to run around and do a lot of things like that, but still, at, to a point, they can get just a little too big. Well, so I was really hoping that you were going to say that the new DLC pack would be titled Cassandra Nova, and you're just no. Cassandra trying to romance the entire world one person at a time. I am... I gather that's... That that's not what it's, you'll be doing? No, it's, that's not. I mean, I'm sure you can still do it. It'll probably give you new characters to try. <laughs> I am so upset at myself that I have yet to really be able to dig into that game. It's killing me. You should be ashamed. I'm hoping over like the holidays, I'll be at Christmas and stuff, I'll be able to get some solid time because I'm I'm itching to get back to Cassandra. Yeah, you would better. You need to crack down, buddy. Because, you know, I'll, I'll, alongside of the game that we're going to be talking about today, this other game's been taking a lot of my time, and that is Red Dead Redemption 2. Wait, get your hat! And Red Dead Roundup. Yeah. Yeah! <laughs> but, 
it's a very short one today. Uh, basically, the only big news that I have is that I th I do feel like I'm fine. It's finally starting to click with me. I will say that finally, finally starting to click with me. Okay, I'm starting sure. to really enjoy it, and like I've had a few more opportunities to play for more extended periods of time. The controls are finally starting to click. I, in fact, was just running around and got into a pretty serious gunfight with some bandits and was able to just like start switching between the more precise. ADS view or just my hip fire quick, quick shot and stuff and was able to really take them out really quick and I was feeling good switching between weapons and everything. It was great. I'm feeling good about it. But the biggest news is that as of November 20, November 20, what is today? The, when we're recording today is the 29th. So on Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, the is when, uh, which would have been the 26th. Yes. No, I'm wrong. Sorry. I'm getting, I, I'm, my mind is everywhere. Tuesday, the 27th, thank you, is when the Red Dead online beta launched. And that was for people who owned the Ultimate Edition. The next day, people who bought the game on the release date is who, uh, were able to have access to it. So I was able to play for a good hour of it yesterday. So yeah, it would have been yesterday, the 20th. God, that was not that hard to figure out, but my mind's based. So, I've been playing for about an hour, got into Red Dead Online. Um, I haven't had the biggest opportunity. I didn't able to jump into multiplayer activities quite yet, but I did give the initial like setup, get introduced to the story, because it has actually a story. It's not, it's not just you're like set loose. But the nice thing about it, I can already tell, is it's gonna allow you to free roam even more than the game will. Like you could just literally roam around and do some crazy stuff all as much as you wanted. Um, I got it has a character creator which was really fun to get to play around in. You get to, I named my character, I've decided to don the uh, persona of an Irish outlaw, Fergal O'Shea is what I named my character. Oh, racist. What is that racist? How? How? Racist is the Irish. I'm a little Irish in me, it's fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I will say though, the character creator was a little odd. Like, I messed around with it a lot more than I normally do because I want to just try to manipulate. Also, it's impossible to make a good-looking character in the game. I hate it when that happens. No, but like... not not because, like, it looks weird. Because just, it's the Old West. Like, so you got, like, you have, like, you can't get, like, perfectly crystal clear skin. Like, a nice, all the beard and mustache options are really ragged. You can also choose between, obviously, male-female character. Um, but, like, it, Still you, there's, like, some spots and... Sunspots and like nasty complexion stuff. Ugh. Your teeth are like all yellowy and stuff. Like you can't make like a beautiful character, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. But and somehow in the character creator, it looked fine. My guy looked fine, but they got me getting his eyes like all buggy. Oh god! So I don't know if that's just something. Did you take a beta. screenshot of that? I do. I do. Oh, have that's one. really funny. Uh, or I have like the one when you finish the creator screen. And you like take a picture of your character, and, like I have that photo. I need to take one actually in game because it still looked kind of okay. And then I got in the game and was like, "What is wrong with my eyes?" But also, that's not a big deal because you're never in like not very often in a situation where you're seeing your character face head on, except for obviously a few cutscenes and stuff. But oh, that's really funny. <laughs> it is really funny. He looks really funny. But uh, but anyway, so you just ride around, you go, uh, you take care of a couple missions, you find out like what your main priorities. I don't want to spoil it because it obviously just came out. You know, not, I don't know how many people have been able to get into it yet, but anyway, it's uh, it has a lot of promise, and it, it honestly felt more. I felt more free and unburdened in yeah. that hour of being able to just ride around, do whatever the hell I wanted, than I did in the main story. I'm not sure yet how much I'm going to dive into online yet because Rockstar has said 
that you will interact from characters in the main game, in huh. online. So I'm a little worried about the possibility of spoilers to the main story. Which now I understand, if that's the case, why they waited a month after the release day to I release the see. online. To okay. let people get through the story, experience it all, and then they can just jump it online without worries of that stuff. That's a good point. So, I might play around with it a little. I'm probably still going to keep the majority of my time in the single player. But, for as now, I, it looks like it could be a lot of fun. And seems to be, on the outset, more fun than Grand Theft Auto Online was for me. Because Grand Theft Auto Online, I was I know not you a fan hate of. it. I yeah, you're did not, not like it at all. So, that's Red Dead Roundup for today, y'all. Now... No, no. Yeah, I fell to the floor. Getting on to the main topic of the day. This is one that's actually a fulfillment of our uh, one of our extra life goals. By popular demand, no less. Yes. The people of Team Chat have been begging, begging. us to play this game. Yes. Begging. And now we have. We are talking about, and we're here to review or more first impressions of this game. Oh, mine's a review. Here's a full honor. I, mean, I, 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 I think I got farther than you. We'll you, I think you did too. But uh, we are here to talk about today Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Stardew Mother Flippin' Valley. Everybody. That includes all of our favorite Canadians mm -hmm. and the favorite Americans. Yes. They all want us to play it. And I don't think there. we have any fans from Britain, but if we did, we would hate we them. We actually do. Because we, what? Who? <laughs> I mean, we love them. Who? <laughs> Remember, like, uh, episode 11 was, like, sent into a, uh, to a listener of ours from the UK. About side quests? Like way oh, back when? yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, we love that one person too, but no one else in Britain. Becca, something. Yeah, what? Anyway, so the point is we're talking finally about Stardew Valley. Yes. So before now, we actually get into the nitty gritty of this game, I do want to give a little bit of background on it. Yes. Because Stardew Valley is exceptionally notable for being one of those few indie games that is made by a team of one. Which I have to say... You can't even call it a team. It's one it's guy. It's one guy. It's one guy. And I am very surprised. Blown away. By how... At the quality yes. and how expansive the game is for mm -hmm. it to have been made by just one person. Oh, yeah. So to give a bit of background, shamelessly stealing this directly from Wikipedia. So Stardew Valley was created by American indie game designer Eric Barone under the alias of Concerned Ape. So way back in 2011, uh, Barone had graduated college computer science degree, couldn't really get a job, so he decided, well, if I'm just going to be working part-time anyways, I might as well make a game on my own. So he decided to begin work on what we now know as Stardew Valley, essentially in direct response to the Harvest Moon series becoming much less fulfilling for players. So this is very uh, side notey, but the Harvest Moon series is what is essentially a farming simulator that is much beloved from its hey day. Ah! 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 Farming jokes. <laughs> Farm jokes. Uh, but at a certain point, Harvest Moon was actually purchased by a different company, and that new company started releasing games that were Harvest Moon, but really weren't. Mm. So they had the Harvest Moon title, but really weren't what fans would consider to be true Harvest Moon games. The series went rapidly downhill from there. Story of Seasons is now considered to be the new Harvest Moon. But now we also have Stardew Valley, which Barone made, or Concerned Ape made, in direct response to Harvest Moon Back to Nature being very unsatisfactory. 
So he began creation of the game a couple of years ago. He was inspired by games such as Animal Crossing, Rune Factory, Minecraft, and Terraria, and he added features to those such as crafting, quests, and combat. So initially, he thought about releasing it on the Xbox Live Indie Games platform, mm -hmm. the ease of publishing, but he found early on that his scope for the game shifted to a much larger, to an audience much larger than, than um, originally anticipated. So he publicly announced the game in September 2012 using Steam's Greenlight system, another very popular way for people to get their indie games seen by the world. Nice. So the title was shown a great deal of support from the community early on, and um, I'm sorry, uh, I lost my pace. Uh, and he began working on the title in full, engaging with Reddit and Twitter communities to discuss the progress and gain feedback on proposed additions. So good for him for engaging the community very heavily. I right. know that internet people can be some of the worst people out there. Very strong opinions. So he must be a strong of spirit kind of person to have uh, soldiered on, per se. Oh, yeah. So eventually, after all of uh, many years, of, or not years, but um, a significant period of time of development and revisions, we now have Stardew Valley. And of course, Jared and I have both been playing it on the Switch. Mm -hmm. It initially was a Steam game, but we have been playing it on the Switch version. So, right. Which came in handy, because I took it over. Uh, came in. Handy. Oh my god, we're just huh? it's two huh? puns so far. This is so good. Uh, but yeah, so I, that came in handy playing it over Thanksgiving. Uh, oh, free. yeah. I, played I think it played as much as I wanted, but like at one oh. point when all my nieces and nephews were over, they wanted to watch Record Ralph, so I was watching Record Ralph while playing. First of all, Record so, Ralph, A. Plus. It was actually like maybe it was because I was distracted by starting this is slightly off topic, but it wasn't as good as I was hoping it to be. Did you see the first or second? First one. Oh, had you not seen it before? Huh. Oh. Like, I liked it. I like all the, the uh, obviously, the video game. Well, fine, then! I don't know. It just wasn't... I don't know. I think it was because I was distracted by, by Star Wars. But still. Uh, it's basically, you know, it's Ready Player One for kids. It's cool. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so, uh, but anyway. So, Stardew Valley. What are, you, what are your initial so, thoughts here? So, my initial thoughts are, when I first started playing Stardew, I don't think I felt like I... So, we should first uh, give people a little bit of background on what Stardew is. So mm -hmm. Stardew is, in essence, a farming simulator. Right. It has a couple of options that are kind of on the side that you can also pursue, such as relationships in town, friendships, just a couple of little side questy things, but the main core of the game is you as character X, whatever you want to name yourself. What's name you, I didn't mind. Wait, did we not already talk about we this? We have to talk about this. We, can't, we okay. totally, we stayed radio silent with each other about so this. So we will get to this in just a second, but the premise of the game is you are player X, male or female, whatever you want, you name yourself. Mm -hmm. The premise is that your grandfather has died, or he's sick, yeah, he's or sick. something. He, he's, he, he, he did. R.I.P. Um, so he has basically bequeathed to you his farm that he purchased in a place called Stardew Valley. And the premise is he's basically telling you there will come a point in your life, grandson or granddaughter, when the world has just totally gotten you down and you need a, respect or a respite from all this chaos. And when that time comes, you can retreat to Stardew Valley. So I really liked the initial framing device of having it be, hey, Stardew Valley, is where you can go when you are weary from the rest of the world. I was like, yeah, I'm already on board with this. That sounds perfect. Yeah. I am weary of the rest of the world. I do want to go farm. That sounds excellent. Mm -hmm. So you are just a person that has recently moved into this farm in the town of Stardew Valley. Uh, you initially have 
uh, not very good farm. You have like a tiny little shack slash cabin on what is just basically undeveloped land that is overgrown with trees, rocks, logs, grasses. It's not exactly pre-made for your farming capabilities. Right. It is your job as a farmer to get it up to stuff and to start making crops, build barns, build coops, and you are kind of doing this um, as a parallel to the town itself, which is full of, of course, a mayor, people that populate it of all different kinds. Shopkeepers. Uh, adults, shopkeepers, children, people your age, romanceables, mm -hmm. which is one of the key components of the game that we'll eventually get to. But as a day-to-day -day game, Stardew follows a, I, I, I would more call it a seasonal calendar. So Stardew has a function where every day you spend in the game is from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. If you get to about 12 a.m., so midnight, the game tells you, hey, you're starting to get kind of exhausted. And then if you get to 1 a.m., it's like, oh man, you're getting pretty tired. And then if it gets to be 2 a.m. and you're still not back at home in your bed, you'll just pass out from exhaustion. Did that ever happen to you? But yeah. Has it not happened to you It happened yet? to me once. Oh, okay, yeah. I did it on purpose, though, because I wanted to you see wanted what would happen. Uh, so, of course, you're a farmer. You're a laborer. Of course you're going to be exhausted at the end of the day. So I did like that that was a function. So essentially, your day is split into minutes of 10. Mm -hmm. So there's 6 a.m., 6.10, 6.20, 6.30, 6.40, 6.50, 7.00 a.m. And those actual minute increments in real time are, what, maybe a minute? Uh, less than that. Yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty like quick. They're pretty quick, maybe 30 seconds. Maybe. So I think each day in Stardew, at my best guess, I actually haven't looked up the actual day amount, amounts to approximately 10 to 15 total minutes of real life time. Mm -hmm. So days actually pass very quickly, and you are on a spring, summer, fall, winter calendar. Each month is 28 days, which I liked because that actually follows the lunar calendar. So right. I was like, oh yeah, by doing it as a four-month year, they've eliminated all of the 30s, 31s, 29s. Right. I like that they did that. So you're on a four-month seasonal calendar, spring, summer, fall, winter, uh, and you are just basically trying to make your farm profitable. Each season comes with different uh, crops that you can buy from the local seller that you can then grow on your own farm. You have to water your crops to get them to grow. You can optionally use things like fertilizer. Mm -hmm. And of course, eventually with the proper upgrades, uh, which account for wood, which you gain from chopping down trees, that's a very Minecraft thing. Stone, which you gain from breaking apart stones, and yep. again, another very Minecraft type thing. When you collect enough materials and eventually collect enough money, you can buy certain upgrades to your farm, such as a chicken coop and a barn, which then enable you to add livestock into your daily activities. So these are, of course, things like cows and chickens. Uh, they produce different types of progress products than your crops do, but they are still no less profitable. Mm -hmm. So that's the premise of Stardew. So, our individual farms. Enough. What did you name your farm, good sir? Mine is because I am a, again, I'm terrible at picking names. Uh, but I swear to God, if you call it Dogtown Farm, I'm gonna shoot you. How'd you know? No, <laughs> just kidding. I, no, it's an equally as like blah name, but it's just because I am a, a freelance videographer. It is Freelance Farms. Oh my God, you suck. <laughs> You're but the I worst. named my character fed me. What's your character's name? Leroy Bumpkin. Okay, that's actually pretty great. Leroy Thank Bumpkin. You. Thank you. I took inspiration from that because my dad and uncle call each other Leroy. That's funny. So you are a male character. Yes. Okay, gotcha. 
Alright, and now part of one of the initial game's features that I actually missed on game setup is you can of course pick your character's uh, look, you can pick male or female, you can change their hairstyle. Oh, you missed that? No, 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 not that. Oh. I missed the option on the very sidebar, which was choose which type of farm terrain you Oh, make. see, that was, I was going to ask you I missed what it. you picked. Yeah, I missed it, so I just went with what is essentially the default. Okay. So, whoops. I went with forest. Oh, okay. Farm. Oh, so, I don't know what a standard farm. So, do you have like a lot of open land then in front of your house? Like, it's pretty much all like flat open? Yes. Okay. Uh, so, but I did have to chop down a fair amount of trees to get that open land. Okay. And I have two ponds. There's one very, very small one and one kind of larger one. Okay. So, I think that's fairly similar to mine. I feel like my starting area, like the, the area directly in front of your house, for me, was not is not as big because there's a lot of like grass around it and stuff like that where you can't even like hoe it out and everything. Oh, you can't. Yeah. Oh. So okay. because it, at least maybe I haven't upgraded my hoe enough yet to be I able to do that. You could I haven't got that far yet. But it, so there was a lot of. I mean, obviously, like yeah, I had to chop down trees, I had to take out, pick up, I had to break up broken logs, pieces of rock, other grass, flowers, all that stuff, to, and vegetation to clear it out. So now I actually have a pretty good area to work with, and it's it's been fine for what I'm doing. Um, but, but, and so, it, but yeah, so I went with the forest layout. Okay, interesting. Uh, I've heard tell that the standard layout is preferred by hardcore Stardew fans because it enables you to grow so many more crops. Oh, okay. So essentially my entire farm setup is 100% of it is farmable land. Okay, I see, can, mine is not. Aside from the actual ponds, I can hoe every acre of land that I have. The only uh, question to that is, do I have to chop down trees or break up rocks to get to it? But other than that, it is all 100% uh, tillable. Okay, so my farm is looking good right now. I'm pretty proud of how my farm is looking too. Uh, I don't. I have a pretty good layout of actually. Let's switch right here. So, what did you name your farm for starters? So you Freelance are. Farms. Oh yeah, Freelance Farms. Leroy Bumpkin. And you chose to have a dog. A dog. Correct? Who I named Fender. Okay. After, oh, after that's producer cute. Fender. After producer Fender, he's in here. Okay, so I'm, yeah, I'm actually just outside. Okay, so here's what I'm dealing with right now. It's fall. Oh yeah, you've got a bunch of grass area. Yeah. Oh, that sucks, buddy. You can't till that. No. Yeah, so, under but, no but honestly, though, I like it. But if you go over more to the right here, uh, I wish we had this recording, but oh well. I'll send. I'll put a screenshot, like I said. But honestly, but there so is you do more have areas. More land over here. I just haven't you, expanded to it yet. Yeah, that's okay. And you've got these. Oh, you're carrying. Oh, he's got a little beard. He looks like little Jared. Exactly. That's cute. Just longer hair. Just, just longer, longer hair. Longer than me. He's he's a handsome gentleman. <laughs> that's really funny. You look like a little lumberjack. I know it. That's right? super adorable. Isn't it? All right. Well, anyway. Right, so, anyway so yeah. So that's what the that's what the, uh, the the forest layout looks like. But yeah. Um, but so I'd have to say. Wait, I want to talk about. Okay. My sorry, farm. sorry. 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 Yeah. <laughs> so my farm, I entirely themed after. Oh god, you're putting me on the spot so many times, and I don't know. So come on, come on. Uh, I themed it after one of my favorite games of all time. Animal yeah, Crossing. Almost. It's one of my absolute. I love bringing it up. Every possible. Legend of Dragoon. Yeah. Oh, yes. All right. So All of right. course, one of the uh, most beloved characters of the Legend of Dragoon is the character of Levitz. Uh, and he dies in the Legend of Dragoon in disc one, so it's not a spoiler. <laughs> so I decided that I wanted to give Levitz 
the peaceful and long life that he never got to have in Dragoon. So I made my character a little bit. I tried to make him like a handsome blonde man that wears a lot of green. And my farm is called Bale Farm, which is not like Hay Bale, it's B-A-L-E, mm -hmm. which is named after the city that he was a soldier in. Oh, so he lives on Bale go. Farm. I can't remember. Oh, I named my cat Faust, which is one of like the side super bosses of The Legend of Dragoon. That's awesome. I named all of my chickens after various characters. There's Maru, Hashel. Oh no, Hashel's one of my goats. And then like my cows are like Miranda and Shauna and I wanted to name my horse Rose but I messed it up uh -oh. and now I don't know how to fix it just on your horse. but the point is my entire farm is themed around the legend of, the legend of dragoon so so I only have kudos three chickens at this point those are the only animals I have and I have eight chickens I just, and three ducks I'm trying to save up you know I, I have some big purses I'm saving up for and chickens are 800 apiece chickens are pretty pricey um, but uh, so I have I have Bok Bok. Bok Bok. Okay. Clucky. And McNugget. Oh. You're a bad chicken owner. <laughs> you should be ashamed. They are happy chickens. Oh, Albert. That's my other chicken. Oh. My very first chicken was Albert, which is uh, Levitz's. He's the prince of the land that Levitz was basically in charge of. Okay, and cool. he, he takes Levitz's place. And I was like, who do I hate the most? Albert? Cool. I'll make him one of the chickens. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I've. Okay, so I guess the next thing then is how far are you? I am currently in summer of year two. Okay, I'm in fall of year one. Oh, okay. So, so I am. Close. I'm, I'm, yeah, we're, we're close ish. Um, so that's interesting. So, but the, that was the nice thing, though, because that I've learned and come to appreciate as I've played more of the game is that I knew, because I think the last, the only thing I did know about the, about your playthrough is that you were farther ahead than me. Yes. Uh, which I just assumed would happen naturally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but I also, though, that partially made me like, oh man, I gotta play more, I gotta play more because I gotta catch up so we can be on the level field. But then I also realized that this game doesn't require you to be on the, le on the level field. You can literally play it however you want. You really can. So one of the key components of Stardew Valley that I think I didn't initially get, like in my soul, mm -hmm. not like from the game perspective, but that wasn't really clicking in my brain was how much choice and freedom I really had in Stardew because oh, yeah. even though your day is structured 6am to 2am what you actually do with that time is entirely up to you you have a farm you don't have to actually use it right. if you chose to play Stardew with very minimal farm uh, interaction you could still technically get by there are a number of ways that you can make money in Stardew. Obviously, the most profitable ones all deal with your farm, but there's also the feature of foraging, mm -hmm. which is basically every season there are a certain amount of items that you can just pick up willy-nilly around the map, and then you just sell them via your item box, and you can just make money that way. It's not a lot, though. Do the real profit comes from the farm. Do you sell your stuff to the to the shipping box, or do you go to the store and sell it to Pierre? I almost sell it entirely through the shipping box. I used to do it to Pierre, but then I was this still. I'm walking so, way too far. This is actually something that is really kind of a helpful tip for people that might be new to Stardew, and something that I realized kind of early on, but that you may not have 
you know, early in the game, you are given a shipping box as part of your farm. It's basically just this box where if you go to it, you can load it up with anything from your inventory that you just want to sell. Mm -hmm. At night, when you go to bed, your shipping box is tallied up, and the next morning you get all the money from that box. So the only reason that you might sell items to a store, in this case Pierre, is if you need money right then, as opposed to if you can wait until night. Oh, so you know what? I'm at the place where I can usually wait. So that the, the, having to use yeah. that reason has so if you can just wait, if you can just wait it out until nighttime for the natural night tally to tally up your amounts, there's no real reason for you to sell to a store unless you just desperately needed a hundred gold. Right. Because you don't get that much from individual products. Volume is really one of the main ways that you actually make money. If you have only one hot pepper to sell, that's freaking chump change. Right. But if you have 20 hot peppers and they're all silver or they're all gold quality, that's a lot more money. How much have you made in a day? Like what's your highest yielding day? In a day, I may have made a little over 10,000 gold. Oh God. I did like almost two and I thought I was really good. Oh my God. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, so here's another key component of the game's progression system that I kind of wish I had done a little bit more research into beforehand, but that I didn't want to in, on, on the other hand because I didn't want to spoil anything. At certain periods throughout the game, as you just naturally increase your skills, uh, at night, the game will give you uh, upgrades, basically level-ups. Mm -hmm. So you can level up a number, a number of your um, skill areas. Foraging, fishing, mining, uh, combat, actually, because of the mines. Actually, Farming. switch up here in case we ever need to refer. Oh, yeah, actually, give me that. Do the thing. Oh. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, show. All right, so the... Show up, show up, show up, show up, show up. That's annoying. Makes you do that every time. I know, I hate it. Oh my god, all your... Okay, so the uh, skill... Oh yeah, I already named them. So okay. farming, mining, foraging, fishing, and combat are all five of the skills that you can upgrade throughout the game. I think currently my farming is the highest, as you were As mine is too. I think I've reached level six or seven okay, in I'm terms five of farming. On farming. So you're actually not that far behind me in terms of farming. Did you choose to be, when because when you get to level five, it has you choose a profession. Did you yes. choose, what did you choose? So that's exactly what I was getting to. So at certain levels, as you upgrade uh, your skills in the game, it will give you options of how you want to proceed. So at the farming level, once you get to level five, I think it is, mm -hmm. you can choose a profession, which one of them has to do with livestock. Rancher or tiller. Rancher or tiller. So with the tiller profession, I believe all of your crops get a 10% cost increase or price to sell. So yeah. you're basically making 10% more off of each crop that you sell. Or with the rancher profession, each of your animal products is 40% more, if I'm not mistaken. It was a lot. I really thought it was only 10% too. Was it only 10%? It was more than that. Okay, I'll look yeah. it up while you Yeah, you look it up. You look it up. Because so, I thought it was 10 the, the point that I'm trying to make is that at certain intervals in the game, you will be able to choose paths that you can either focus on livestock, for example, or farming in this, or excuse me, uh, crops in this case. I think you get similar options for tilling. I got one for forestry. I don't actually remember what that was for, but I chopped down a bunch of trees. And then one of my options was that I, I think I could get more from selling lumber. It is 10%. It's each. only 10%. It's just if you want to focus on animals or farming, basically. Oh, okay. So I definitely did the one for animals. I did too. Okay. 
Which means you need more animals. I know. You only have three chickens. I'm, I'm building up to You're it. You are a scrub. <laughs> building up to it. I'm focusing my efforts. So uh, the way that I've been playing the game is that I am currently in uh, the second summer of year two. I already have two chicken coops, one of which is maximum upgraded. I have a barn which is max upgraded, and my other coop is currently at its lowest upgrade. I have eight chickens. I love them all equally. I have five cows. I have three goats. I have two sheep. I have two pigs. Damn. Four ducks and four rabbits. I'm very behind so on that. So I have front. all, I at least have one of all of the available livestock. My crops, I've grown at least one of everything that is available. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing now in year two that uh, alcohol is one of the most profitable things you can make in the game. So I assumed that, and I've been hoarding hops. Good. That is a good idea. Yeah. Because eventually you will get to winter time in your game. And winter, fun fact, it's I'm not really considering this a spoiler because Stardew has been out for a while. And there's not really spoilers to it's not, Yeah, it's not really spoilers. This is basically just tips for how to play the game. In winter, all of your crops will die, period. Right, there will I be assumed. no new crops for you to grow unless you get a packet of winter seeds, which grow uh, basically winter forageables. Mm. So winter is one of the best times of the game to explore the mines, increase your combat, Work on your animals. See, so so I'm already... Winter is my favorite season. How far on the mine have you gotten? I have gotten to level 115. Oh, You've got I'm a so far behind. <laughs> my dude. Oh, so man. here's the thing about the mine. So what Jared is talking about is, of course, you have your farm. You have the town of Stardew. Then there's a bunch of this fringe territory kind of on the, on the outskirts. Mm -hmm. One of them is considered the mountain region. And the mountain region is where Robin lives. She's the uh, area's local carpenter. She's married to Demetrius, who is like a scientist. Mm -hmm. And right behind kind of where their house is, up at the mountain lake, is an entrance to the town's mines. So the mines uh, basically work in levels of fives. When you initially enter the mine, you see that there's an elevator right there on the top floor but it's not serviceable. Mm -hmm. But if you enter the mines and basically work your way down at increments of fives, at every fifth level, the elevator will click back on. So essentially, if you get down to level 25 and then exit the mines, when you come back, you can use the elevator to get right back down to level right. 25. And you can do that at will. The only stipulation is that you get to the next increment of five. I'm actually not sure how deep the mines go, I'm assuming it's got to be between 100 and 200, because I think I'm pretty close to the end. Uh, but the mines um, have a really important function in the game of they give you ore, and ore is something you desperately need yes. to be able to craft certain items for your farm that allow you to make more money. Everything about Stardew is, how can I make more things to make more money? And time management. Time management. Which is why I'm sorry. So here's the the thing with this is I feel like when the first couple seasons, like all of spring, I, I, I performed horribly my first Oh, spring I did too. I was like, man, I have no idea what to do. Exactly. <laughs> which was almost frustrating until I realized that, oh, I can play this how I want. Like, this is fine. Yeah. I don't have to be making 10,000 gold a day and at level 150. I don't normally make no. that much. I think um, in a standard I know, I know. day, For that, it was just I like make your between highest 5 years. and 7. And so... Um, 
I am though, as I explore new things and like I'm trying to get upgrades to like my house, coops and all that stuff, I'm like, oh, okay. I have made it like in the summer and now into the fall where I'm at, like halfway through summer and now in fall, it is my goal like, okay, I gotta make so much more money. Uh, so I'm like starting to spend more on seed and different things like that so that I can be producing more yield each day um, and trying to like time it where like I can have my, my I have like the reproducing the ones that, that plants that automatically reproduce something every so many days. I also have the like quicker turnaround plants that that like radishes make so much money. And then you only and, take every four days yeah, they're to, really to mature quick. and it's like, oh my God, radishes, you're the best. And so I'm already like figuring out, okay, so now I do this and you figure out how to get like, like now I'm starting to like expand the wheat, which doesn't take a lot. Of t it doesn't give you a lot of money, but it's very cheap. It's like 10 cents per seed. And then... Wheat makes beer. Right. Hops make pale ale. Wheat makes beer. Beer is very profitable. Okay, so I need to hold so on to that hold wheat. Hold on to your wheat, um, buddy. So yeah, hold so I'm starting on to, your wheat, everybody. I'm starting like <laughs> starting to really stop out and understand that because I'm understand. I'm starting to understand more because now, like with the amount of crops I have right now, I'm trying to put in. So I think that's kind of good that you're a little bit more up there and I'm a little bit farther behind because where I'm trying to experiment now is like getting the time management down. Yes. Is because like now I'm like okay, I gotta get some iron ore because I gotta make some sprinklers so I'm not spending half my day watering. So, fun fact, I have never bothered to invest in sprinklers. Really? And I am still doing decently well. Okay. And I think that is because I am primarily focused on my livestock and not on my crops. Which is what I want to focus, switch over to. However, I did upgrade my watering can to gold watering can. Oh. Um, so, the so watering can, yes. So, as a farmer, you have a certain amount of tools that you were just given mm -hmm. outright in the beginning of the game. Grandpa's kind One of left to leave those behind. Grandpa was kind enough to leave you some stuff. So you get a hoe, you get a pickaxe, mm -hmm. you get an axe, and you get a watering can. Yes. And a scythe, I believe. Yes, a scythe. Yeah, so you get all of those basically just front-loaded onto your game. You can upgrade them. So initially you just have basic axe, basic pickaxe, mm -hmm. basic mm -hmm. watering can. But as you get ores from the mine, copper ore, iron ore, gold ore, and later some other ores, you can then use those to upgrade your tools. A copper hoe, for example, and this actually, I upgraded it and then didn't figure out how to use it for a while. If you upgrade your copper hoe or copper watering can, uh, for example, if you push Y to use it and hold it down, it will extend the range three squares. Really? So for Good every time that you use it, you're actually getting three out of it, which means you're using less energy and covering more ground more quickly. So I upgraded my watering can to be able to do either rows of fives or squares of nine by nine. Oh, Basically just that. at will. It is such a good I need to do that. And winter is the best time to do it. And winter is coming for me. Use your winter to upgrade your watering can first, your axe second, your pickaxe third. Okay. Don't worry about the hoe unless you really love farming. Yeah. And of course upgrade your uh, coops and your barns to get more animals. Right. Um, yeah, so that's what I'm starting to transition over to now is getting is get, getting more into the livestock game because I assume that yes, winter is coming. That's when all my crops are gonna die. Um, so and just, really, it's a blessing, buddy. Crops suck. The crop I enjoy the crops, and I actually do like when I get like a good yield. Oh, oh it is God, really so satisfying. Good. Really but I'm also God, like, look at my crops. I'm really tired of doing this. I'm, I wanted to start messing around with the animals. Yes. More. Um, so transitioning from all that and the mechanics side of this thing because. Uh, I feel like that's what we could talk about all day. What do you think about the I about like the quests or like errands and stuff that you have to do? So, do you focus on those or do you more like 
still stick to your own thing. So what Jared is talking about is that the town is full of people. There's yes. like, what, 30, 30 some odd total people? Sign out on that. I'm assuming the answer is yes for you. But you completed the one, the introductions quest, right? Where you have to meet 30 people? Wait, you have to meet 30 people? Or, or 28 people. 20, you have to like introduce yourself to 28 people. That's a quest? Yeah. It's like right at the, right at the gate. I must have already done it then. Because I cannot. I have one more person, and I cannot for the life of me figure out who the hell would you possibly I have not talked to. Oh, wait. I think I might know. Hang on. All right, hang on. I'm going to look at your game. Okay. All right, you stall. Talk about something. All right. So, uh, my thing with the quest is I did in the beginning, especially spring and like halfway through summer, I was starting to get like very annoyed with like the errands because I would, the delivery errands that would post, that people would post on the notice board and you can go up and you only have like a day, sometimes two days to complete it. And I could never, it always be for something I couldn't find or I couldn't figure out where and where to get it. So that was starting to get annoying. And then after a while, I finally just was like, oh, okay. It started clicking. I started figuring out where there are only specific, like there are specific bodies of water where you can get certain fish. Like when Willie the fisherman asked you like, I need fish, or like I need a large, largemouth bass. And I was like, well, where do I get that? And I finally had to like go up and like find it. It's up by the mountains and the mine and all that stuff. So it was all figuring out this kind of stuff. So see, did you, do you remember this at all? I must no? have done this because this isn't in my quest list. Okay. But like I, it is killing me. I keep going up to everybody. I have no idea. The only person I can think about that it might possibly be is Gunther in the museum because he's always behind his counter and you can't get to him. But I talk to him when I donate stuff to the museum. But huh. so I feel like that should count. But I honestly have no idea. I even talked to the, uh, the small thing, but there are these random events that will pop up that the mayor, Mayor Lewis of the town will invite you to. And one of them was the, they're like beach luau and the governor comes and it's this big thing. And so I was like, oh, there's my 30th guy. I gotta meet the governor or the 20th guy. I gotta meet the governor. Didn't count. So I don't, I don't, I like, I cannot think of, think who it is. I'd have to look at this more. I'd have to look at your game more in depth. I'm yeah. honestly not sure who you're missing. But yeah. I've like, I've met everybody, I feel like. Well, that is just fascinating. It's it's not like, obviously it's not hindering my gameplay, but I'm also like, why can't I find this person? So the quests then are broken up into uh, what I would consider permanent quests, which means they stay in your quest list until you can complete them, right. versus daily quests, which you find from the posting board mm -hmm. that's right in front of the general store in town. And if you choose to accept them, they typically stay in your quest list for anywhere from one to two days. Right. So the quests um, for the dailies, I almost completely ignore. I very infrequently choose to do them unless I think it's something that I will actually be doing during my day. I usually will, after I collect my crops, go into town, check the board. If I have what they're asking for, I'll do it. Okay. If not, I'm not gonna, like, I don't accept yeah, it. Yeah, if it's like go into the mines and kill five slimes, I'm like, it's not raining today. I'm right. not I'm gonna, not gonna do, do this. That. Exactly. So I agree, uh, the quests are largely optional. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're entirely optional. Right. But if you complete a permanent quest in particular, those do typically tie into your meeting certain milestones in the game in terms of relationships. Right. So, for example, I am now at a point where. So I don't want to spoil this for you too much, but on year two, somebody new moves to town. Maybe that's who I'm not I don't think that's oh. it, because you wouldn't be able to get him in year one period, so okay. I don't think that's it. Uh, but so someone new moves to town, and he basically gives you another semi-permanent quest. 
And through making all these quests uh, completed, essentially, they give you gold, of course, people mm. give you money, but they also raise your friendship level with all these people. Right. So each character in the game either has a status of not single, aka people who are already married, like or Robin and the children, <laughs> and uh, people who are single, which is basically, and this is slightly ageist on the part of the game, it identifies single people as mostly people who are approximately your age. What if I wanted to, gra- to romance Grandma Evelyn? I have been trying to romance Pam. Not my grandma, no, somebody no. else's. So Pam, in the game, you know her, like a yep. local drunk, uh, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's not romanceable, and I'm like, why? Not! I love Barry! I know, I actually have the highest friendship score right now with Demetrius. I have the and highest I'm like, friendship What's up, dude? My original right. in game BFF and the guy that I love more than anyone else in my soul mm-hmm. as a friend is Linus. The homeless guy that lives in the tent oh, yeah, behind yeah, yeah. I love Linus to pieces. If I could marry him and give him a good life, I have He has a good life. But I understand that he enjoys his life being a wild yeah. man. I'm like, you go, Linus, you go. I'm currently pursuing the affections of Abigail, who is Pierre's daughter. Which is kind of weird. Why? So part of what kind of creeps me out about Stardew is that a lot of people that are romanceable appear to be quite young. Yeah. Like, Abigail will mention having homework, and I'm like... You. Oh, I haven't had her say that yet. She's told that to me, and I'm like, I assume you're in college, Never but mind. even so, that's creepy. I'm going to change my attentions then to Elliot, the other dude who lives on the on the beach. Oh, is he? I got to be Elliot. Oh, Elliot, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> so just a few days ago, in real life, by the way, I finally got Elliot to accept my flower bouquet, oh my God. and he is now my boyfriend. How sweet! And, and when I like proposed, and he was like. You want to take this? You want things to be more serious? Me too. And I was like, oh, Elliot, I love you. I've had a very hard time with love in the game. Like, such as, because I, I have, noticed from your friendship list, yeah. you are doing bad. Because I didn't, that was one thing that didn't click that I had to do at, at the first. And so now I'm like, oh, now I get it. Okay, so I have to be giving these people things and doing exactly. all this other stuff, not just like going up and talking to them and being friendly. Because I first learned that in a heart crushing way at the out on the beach oh. when you have to find a dance partner. No, no wait, that's the spring festival. Spring festival when you have to find a dance partner. And I went to several people and I was just like, hey, what's up? You want to dance? And like, I think I asked Haley first. All of them turned me and down And she too. was like, she's like, ew, no. And I was like, oh my god. Haley sucks for stuff. And then I went to Elliot and he was like, but he was nice about it. He was, he was like, like, no, sorry. No. <laughs> Flipped his hair around his and, hair. Then, and then walked off. So I danced alone. <laughs> <laughs> tragic. It was tragic. Now, I also, that first year, didn't have a dance partner. I only had a dance partner the second year because it was Elliot. Oh, and I was like, yeah. hey there, future boyfriend, What's you want to dance? And he was like, yeah, I do. Nice. So we had a nice, uh, ridiculous dance. I wore, as a male character, the white spring flower dress. Oh, wonderful. And then Elliot danced great. at me, and I was like, no, this is a quality. <laughs> <laughs> I was very pleased with it. Nice. So I do love that the game lets you romance other characters, no matter what their gender is. Minus the ageism, let mm. me romance Linus! <laughs> but uh, the variety of characters, I will say, at the outset, can feel a little bland because before you actually start building relationships with people, they can seem very one-dimensional. Yeah. So I will say that one of the more rewarding things for players as you're playing the game is actually 
bother to build relationships with anybody. And you which do that said, by, which you've mentioned, giving gifts. So as you build up your inventory, you can basically hold items to give a gift to any person. And what that is, is you just basically like hold the item and then you walk in front of somebody and you push oh, it. Yeah, head. they're like held above your head because it's all like pixels, right? right? And so if I'm holding a giant melon above my head and I go to Elliot, for example, and I hit A, that basically indicates to the character that you're giving them a gift. Mm -hmm. And depending on whether or not they like it, they'll have different reactions. Right. Characters can hate, dislike, be neutral, like, or love whatever item you give them. Obviously, if you give them, if you give somebody an item that they love, you get way more friendship points than if you give them something that they're neutral on. Right. And if they hate what you give them, that can actually hurt your friendship. I brought a flower to somebody, and I thought I brought a flower to Abigail. I was like, "This can do it." And this, she hated it. She didn't hated she? It. I was like. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> yes, yeah, so characters really do have very unique sets of things that they, they really love. do. Pam, being the local alcoholic, loves beer, wine, mead, and pale ale. There you go. And I am just feeding her addiction. I'm like, hey, Pam, you want this stuff? You can have it. I love you, boo. That's you hilarious. and me, lady, we're going to make it. <laughs> Unless you die first of liver poisoning. Yeah, so, yeah. kind of unlikely. Yeah, kind of likely. But yeah, so Elliot's my boyfriend. My runner-up for my affections was uh, actually Leah. So if you have, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leah is really interesting. Mm -hmm. She's like the local sculptor that kind of lives out by the river. Yeah. She seemed pretty neat. Yeah. But Elliot, he just, he, he got her, heart. man. He just held my heart. In his flowing locks, he wrapped them up nice and warm. That's wonderful. I also love that he lives in a shack by the sea. I know, right? And he's a novelist, and he's like, I'm writing a book, and I live by the ocean. And I'm like, sure, Elliot, whatever. I love you. I, I do love the one thing, because you can obviously go into these people's houses sometimes and, and, like, and go, but there are areas that are blocked off to you due to your level of friendship. So the first place I discovered this is when I went to the blacksmith, Clint. And I went into his, and I was like walking around just trying to explore it, and it got to the door to his bedroom, and it says, you're not good enough friends yet with Clint to enter his bedroom. And I was like, Good. Oh, friends, get into that bedroom. Good buddies, good. So, uh, so no, I thought that was fun. So we probably need to kind of figure, like, bring this to us because this is one of the things. Like, the more you play, the more you discover, the more you, uh, the more you be love or dislike about. It. Is there anything though that you don't like about the game at this point? Is there anything I don't like? You know what? Um, actually, I do wish that the days were a little longer in terms of in-game time. Yes. So this is actually something that I both love and hate. Because on the one hand, by nature of the days being so short, I feel like that actually makes Stardew especially addictive. Because when a day is so short, you get to the end of it and you're like, oh, just one more day. Mm -hmm. Just one more day. Just one more day. Just one more day. Right. And then it's, it's five like one more hours if. later in real life. And you're like, oh, man, I got to leave my house and eat. Yeah. Like in real life. No, that's happened to me too. I'm like, oh, my God. Been but I do wish day. that the doing? days in the game were at least just a little, just a fraction longer. I agree. Because I very frequently get to the end of the day and I'm panicking, running around, trying to get everything finished. Because I'm like, now I have to give people gifts. Right. As I farm and I have to farm my plants. So I frequently make it into my bed at 1.50 a.m., which means the next morning, I wake up with only half energy. And yeah. I'm like, whoops, my bad. Guess I'll just go ahead and sleep the day Guess away. I'll just eat a salad. <laughs> uh, so the only thing I think at this point that 
I don't like. And it's and I've been thinking I've been like as I've been playing, I agree with you on that. I wish the days were a little bit longer, but that's not a big deal. The only thing I legitimately do not like is that you can the vendors are not always at their shops. Yes. Oh my god, it's infuriating. Especially when you're at your farm and you have to go all the way to Robin's house to you because you want to build something and she's, and not, she's there, not there. You literally waste like two hours. You really do. Man, sometimes you walk up to somebody like for example the uh the general store mm-hmm. is closed on Wednesdays. Which is so dumb. And Why Wednesdays? At least let it be Sunday. It's like Chick-fil-A. Okay, for winter, my dude, if you do not already have a silo built stocked with hay, how much hay do you have in there? Not a ton. Go to morning yeah. as soon as possible. She is closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Okay. Your critters will get so mad at you. Oh, sure. If you run out of hay over the weekend and then you can't buy any on Monday and Tuesday. So stock that silo full of hay. Yeah. So that you can I do need to do that. Go. I've been trying to grow up and like try planting grass starters and different things like oh, that to get good. more. Very and plus, good. since I'm in the forest one, there is actually a lot of grass patches. Now, you so I've been grass. using that as much as I can, but I'm about to have to go more. Okay, good. Because grasses as well will die during winter. Right. So I you can't continue to harvest those. Um, but yeah, but that literally, because especially, like I said, time management is so key in this game and like really making every hour work for you in the way that you want it to. Yes. But yeah, spending the time, that is legitimately the only thing that I am mad at. Like, have them be in their shop hours from nine to five. You would better freaking be there. Right? When I roll up, you need to be there. But, but like not waltz around town because then you can't, you can't go up to the person and then buy them there. You have to do it at their shop. It and that is the your most. entire day into disorder. So there have been many days. It's been a warm, wonderful, sunny day. I walk all the way up to Robin's. She's not there. I'm like, well, guess I'm going to the mine because I'm here. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess I'll fish. Yeah. This is fine. Everything is fine. Yeah. And then you're bottom on that. So that is honestly for me the only negative I've so far experienced about it. It is very annoying. I agree. But yeah, anything else on this really? I mean, it's, I, I feel like there's other areas we go into, but as far as like the main mechanics, how we feel, how we enjoy it, I mean, I guess the obvious next question then is how do you feel about the game? Like general, like... Do you like I it? Do you love it? Love it. Neutral? Okay. Um, so I love it. I do feel like I'm getting to a point where I might be naturally plateauing of my interest level. So I do feel like I already peaked with my peak mania for <laughs> the game. Like, you know how with Breath of the Wild, for a, for a few weeks there, aka about a month, I was so into it. Right. And all I thought about was Breath of the Wild. Well, I had a very similar experience with Stardew, but on a more condensed scale. Mm-hmm. I think for about one to two weeks there, I was really obsessed. Yeah. But now that I have a boyfriend, <laughs> my <laughs> my level of de- decreased because I'm like, I already got what I want. I have my lover. I'm already here. But I do, of course, have to now marry Elliot. Ah. So I'm working up towards marriage. There and then go. I'll have a living boo. <laughs> Very no, nice. real life. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm of a, I don't, I am very much enjoying it. I, I'm liking it way more than I thought I would. I Which honestly, I actually am a little surprised. I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about I it. I thought it was going to be something that, I mean, I, I had, I knew, my opinion of it was changing when my buddy Michael said that he was playing it and loving it. Because we're pretty similar in what we like. And he's he's like, oh yeah, I just, I would come for work and wouldn't stop playing. And I was like, oh, so I actually might like this then. Uh, so that is my opinion. I, I do really like it. I have found myself very much getting into the because it's it almost takes the same kind of mental relaxation that civilization does. Yes. Where it is literally just oh one more turn, 
I mean, Onward. even though your days are packed, it is a very relaxing right. game. Like, and I right wish now, we had had this on deck when we did our relaxing games episode. Right. But it's Stardew, it's dumb thing. It is. Well, and, and too, like right now, outside, in, in, in real life, my days are packed. Like, it's end of the year. I have, like, I have all of my clients come and be like, hey, can we do something by the end of the year? And I'm just slammed. But it, so it has been wonderful because I haven't had, like I said, I haven't had as much time to get into Red Dead, Assassin's Creed, and all that other stuff, but I can pick up Stardew and play for 15 minutes just to let my mind my mind rest and then jump back into my projects. So I love it for that. Uh, Do I think it's like a potential top ticket in it? No. But it's still, for what it is and what it gives and the relaxation it offers and its simplicity, it's, it's, it's great. It is a very good addictive game. It's a good life sim game, and it's a good relaxing game. Um, basically, everything that I think the creator was trying to accomplish was accomplished in space. I would say so. Any fan of games like Harvest Moon, Animal Crossing, The Sims, and of course people like you who don't really play a lot of those games but could still get a lot out of it, Stardew Valley is worth picking up. And it's $15. only $15. It's not bad, people. It's a steal, everybody. And it does, I think it's on Steam at least, I think it does sometimes go on sale. Mm. Of course, through the Nintendo eShop, it will probably never be on sale. Right. But still, give the guy 15 bucks. He's one dude, and he's making an awesome game. Give him some money. We'll have to revisit uh, Stardew when multiplayer comes to Switch. Yes. Because I know it's already out on PC and stuff on Steam and everything, and maybe on the I can consoles. give you so much of my stuff. I know, but I will be. We'll have to revisit and then like make our firm's friend or whatever we get. Indeed. To do. But Indeed. yeah, but we'll have to come back around to it. You cannot have my out. boyfriend. That's get fine. away from him. Well, he'll be at the Elliot too in my world. <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll see. All right, well, that concludes, I guess, our thoughts and opinions on Stardew Valley. Obviously, we have a lot of people we know who have played it, so give us your thoughts as well. And also, we'll tell us who your waifus and hazibandos are. Yes, we're very interested in all that as well. But before we do conclude this episode, like I said, send us your thoughts, comment below, email us, teamchatpodcast.gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts and opinions as well and see how you, what you think of our opinion, I guess, too. But before we go, we do have to do, as this tradition, our soundtrack spotlight, which is featuring music from, you guessed it, Stardew Valley. So, uh, we believe, what was the song that you wanted to do? I'm not sure if it has an actual title. Um, so I want to do the, I think this is the one. All right, let's play this and see if it's right. Okay. Is that it? Okay, so what is this one? So this is Stardew Valley OST, Winter, parentheses, Winter. Ancient. So there are a couple of different themes that play throughout each season during the day. There's like a usually a morning theme, an afternoon, and a night theme. Mm-hmm. I think this might be the middle of the day theme. But regardless, how delightful is that? It's very delightful. So did this is the one thing I'm not sure of. Did the creator make the soundtrack as well? I think he did. I'm pretty sure that he made the music as well. I'm gonna double check that real quick. That's pretty cool. That's actually one thing we didn't touch on. Music, I mean it's it's just so it's just nice ambient music. It's great. Um it's I was actually, I put up on our Discord, I was like, hey, I need new music because I need some stuff to bust through all this editing. Oh man, the Stardew Valley soundtrack would be perfect. That would be perfect for it. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, it's some really great music. So listen to it after the close of the episode, which is pretty much now, as I just uh, double check this on the composer. Um, Could be Eric Burrell. Probably is, but I'm going to be, oh, by Concerned Ape. So yeah. Uh, well, Man, what a talented guy. That, he is a talented fool. What that is, made, I hope he has made a 
billion dollars. Oh, I'm sure he's doing well for himself. He now. deserves it. Good for him. Yep. Yep. Round of applause. Eric Baroni. Eric Baroni. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm assuming it's Baroni. Could be Bayrone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but so play his outstanding game. Listen to his outstanding music and enjoy and be at peace. But until next time, everyone. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song.